You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. The world is under growing pressure to find sustainable options to cut emissions. Could climate controlling technology be the answer? Using technology to interfere in the climate and stop global warming is sounding more and more enticing. Technology entrepreneurs from around the globe claim to have solutions using geoengineering. From shooting tiny particles in the air to reflect a little more sunlight back to space, to technology that can suck CO2 out of the air. I wanted to understand what geoengineering is and what we should make of it. I spoke with Cindy Baxter on the matter. Cindy Baxter is an investigative researcher and policy advisor and worked over 30 years on a range of environmental issues. I asked her, do those technology solutions really lead to sustainable solutions? Or are we distracted by visions of a technological future and distracted from what is really needed, cutting emissions? What is geoengineering? Geoengineering is a concept of creating a very large change to the, I suppose, geological formations or um, or the weather even, um, to try to suck carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere or to bury emissions somewhere deep in the earth. So it's engineering uh, buried geography. I think that's how the terminology came up. And it's put as a solution to climate change, which I don't think it is, really. Yeah, what kind of technological innovations or ideas are there? Well, there's a thing called carbon capture and storage, which is... um, which has been going along for long, for many years now, and it's been um, basically this concept of being able to capture fossil fuel emissions at source when they're burnt and bury them in the ground. And that um, basically it's proved to be incredibly expensive and incredibly um, ineffective. Um, so there was a great headline I think I read last year with saying that if BP, Shell and Chevron can't, if BP, Shell, Chevron and ExxonMobil cannot make this work, who can? So um, essentially, um, the, one of the problems with um, carbon capture and storage is that it's being invented by the fossil fuel industry so that it can continue, which it cannot if we want to solve climate change. What are exactly the risks that are involved by trusting those kind of technologies and using them? Well, the risk is, I mean, for carbon capture and storage, one of the risks is that it will leak out. Um, And um, if if they bury, you know, CO2 gas in deep geological formations, how long is it going to stay there? Because essentially it would have to stay there forever, and no one can guarantee that. The other risk, really, is that people see it as a solution and they let the fossil fuel industry continue and dangerous climate change happens. That's the biggest risk, to be honest. That's, you know, that's by far the biggest risk is that it doesn't work and it doesn't look like it is going to work. It's being used now as an excuse to continue for the, by the fossil fuel industry to continue burning fossil fuels and, you know, there are so many risks in that. Yeah, so is it it's kind of a futuristic dream we can hang on to while fossil fuel yeah. is still used it's like a techno fix and you know love coming up with new technology it, you know you can get billions of research and you can get all excited about the technology and sure we do need new technologies to solve the issue of climate change but you know there's another one there's another one which is called they call it solar radiation management which is terrifying 
basically putting little sparkly mirrors um, uh, um, to some sort of um, a gas or something in, into the into the atmosphere to dim the sun so that it's not as warm. Solar radiation management, literally managing the radiation of the sun. Now, there's somebody got to be in charge of that. And what if their government falls over and they turn it off one day? Because it would have to be a continual thing for it to work. I mean, it's a lot easier just to stop fossil fuels, stop burning fossil fuels. The, the, the technology, technological advancement needs to go into alternatives to fossil fuels and low emission technology or zero emission technologies, not technologies that are going to allow the continuation of the burning of fossil fuels. I'm also wondering, like, what is in it for those companies? Do they have a revenue oh. model for that, or why do they yeah. do those companies well, I mean, want the, it? Well, the, the 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 fossil fuel industry is paying them a lot of money to develop it. I mean, there's some there's some technologies like direct air capture, which we will pro probably need um, because we've taken such a long time to stop burning fossil fuels that we're now committed to a certain level of climate change. And if we don't, if we want to, some argue that if we want to keep warming, limit warming to 1.5 degrees, we're going to have to remove carbon from the atmosphere in some way. So there is possibly going to be a need for it. But the um, the motivation around this is, is money. I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got Chevron and ExxonMobil paying you to to develop this um, this technology, then then you'll do it. If you get someone to pay you to do something and you come up with an idea and you go to somebody and ask them to pay you to do it and they do it, well, that's the motivation. Um, sometimes, sometimes the motivation is to try and save the world, but more often than not, it's just, you know, it's sort of technological innovation is driven by the need to continue business as usual. What is, I was, I'm also wondering what is the role of governments in this? Can, what role can governments play in <coughs> valuing those technologies? Yeah, well, I mean, that's very interesting because sometimes, um, you know, for example, a, it's a very good question. Sometimes, for example, the uh, governments will subsidize the technological development. For example, there was um, a big... Um, carbon capture and storage project in the US called Kemper and that was sub heavily subsidized by the government by the US government for quite some time until it ended up losing so many billions even the government wrote it off they went nah they were not funding it anymore and they, and they withdrew anymore you know and they and they wrote off the funding they had given it so you know this is and and often with these carbon capture technologies it costs so much that they require governments to underwrite the uh, project <clears throat> so that um, it gives them more stability so, that, so they can attract more money. So that's often the case when that's when governments get involved. Governments can also be involved in regulating those technologies and um, and allowing them to go ahead or, or, or encouraging or discouraging them. And also in the global regulatory environment, governments are involved But there's also the involvement of a government when you've got you've got this, um, for example, this um, a direct air capture, which is sucking CO2 out of the atmosphere. Well, a government can see that as an offset, which is the, another real huge, huge issue 
a difficult issue with with um with trying to stop climate change is basically as can say well if you suck five million tons of carbon out of the atmosphere that means we can allow five million tons to go into the atmosphere because because you're at a neutral ground and there's no you know there's actually you end up with net with net zero we're incredibly bad at this um new zealand is probably i think it's got the largest proportion of its target being met through through just buying international offsets and it's just it's ridiculous we need to actually cut emissions and that's what everybody needs to do first before inventing some crazy technology that's going to suck carbon out of the atmosphere that's going to be you know you know before relying on any of those to meet our targets you know our targets should be zero emissions That was Cindy Baxter and we spoke about the role of geoengineering in climate action. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.